Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Balls and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to talk about all things Dallas Cowboys. This week, a little bit more somber than the last two. Uh, we're talking about and dissecting the Cowboys' first loss in honestly stunning fashion. Uh, if you didn't catch the game or you need a reminder to rip that Band-Aid off, uh, the Cowboys lost to the abysmal Arizona Cardinals 28-16. to um, you know, we'll get into it more deeply here in a second. Um, and I'll ask you how you're doing here in a second, but what, a, what an embarrassing football game, right? I mean, what an embarrassing showing from the Dallas Cowboys in all three phases. I mean, you can go four or five phases. If you're talking about coaching staff, preparation, injuries, everything, and in, in, everything in, in, in totality was awful. So with that, Aiden, how are you doing, my friend? I am Obviously not in the best mindset right now for this podcast, but we're going to record anyway because that's what we do. Tony, I have an optimistic viewpoint of this and a pessimistic viewpoint. Where do you want to start? Um, Let's go pessimistic because I like to I like the optimism after. <laughs> yeah, so I thought my thoughts and I mentioned this after the Jets game. I thought the Cowboys defense made them immune to this game. And that clearly is not the case because the, I mean, the Cowboys defense played horribly today. Like there's no sugarcoating it. The run defense specifically just looked horrific. And so we are all left wondering. I mean, there there is real concerns that I, I don't like saying that the Cowboys, like the first two games were cupcakes because we've seen the Giants hang points. We've seen the um, we've seen the New York Jets, maybe not hang points with Zach Wilson, but they're, they're a little bit more competent. We'll see. They're a little bit more competent than 10 points, which suggests against an average defense. But I mean, this defense, they couldn't, they didn't do anything to help us out. They looked a little bit better in the second half. But if our defense isn't there, paired with the concerns that we'll discuss on offense, I mean, you're now looking at, I'm not, I'm not saying this is an average team, but if the defense plays like they did every week, you are looking at an average football team. Now, I just don't know. I don't know what, the we've seen their ceiling 40 to 0 30 to 10 like that's that looks like their ceiling as it would be most teams but this floor is just le- it's going to leave cowboys fans with a bitter taste in their mouths i i absolutely think they're better than 28 to 16 but you do have to wonder now like what's the real story of this defense because you defenses should be immune to letting the cardinals hang 28 points on them yeah um well there's your negative. Give me your positive. We might as well roll right into it. The positive, and we've said this before on the show, every team drops games like this. Like the Bills went out in week one and lost to the New York Jets that the Cowboys then 
beat 30 to 10. The Jags looked horrific against the Texans this week. The Chiefs dropped week one, albeit at a, at a against a better opponent, but the Chiefs looked horrible week one and they rebound. Good teams rebound and I expect the Cowboys to rebound. So, I mean, I, I, I hate saying that because we're going to get to December, we're going to get to January and we're going to look back and say, you dropped a game to the Cardinals and that's the reason that we're we didn't earn the first round buy or we didn't earn the NFC East championship. Like this is a game you need to win because later on it's going to be important. However, good teams do look bad at times. And that's just a product of, there's not a lot of variance between the top and the bottom teams in the NFL, unlike college football. So I, it's, it's not really optimistic. It's just that, Maybe the Cowboys, maybe this was just a bad game that all teams have. Yeah. And you know what? Let's roll right into it. We got four segments we're going to talk about today. So we've already kind of started our initial thoughts. So let's continue down that road here. And and this is what I'll say. And I apologize if it becomes a, a run on sentence here, but there is just for a quality football team, a team that we were speaking about in great tones, right? Not good tones. This team has elements of a great football team. They have so many concerning things, right? It starts, let's start at the beginning of the week. I don't have the numbers. I don't have the statistics, but I know for a fact that something funny is happening with these injuries in practice, bro. They're just unheard of. You know what I mean? So it's not, I'm not saying there's any foul play or anything nonsense like that. I'm just simply saying this is unheard of type of things. This teams don't lose cornerstone pieces on Thursday and Wednesday in middle of the season, okay? You've got guys like Zach Martin, you know, who come in at the end of last week to do the Landry, sh- you know, shift, but isn't able to play this week. Then you got a guy like Tyler Biotis who hurts his hamstring on Thursday. At the same time, he kind of got buried with the Diggs news. Then you got Tyron Smith who gets suited, is suited up, looks like he's going to start, and then you hear trickles that this team, he's not ready to go. So right there from the beginning, it already feels like an unusual setting for the Cowboys. Then you talk about on the field. We thought weather elements week one, red zone, you know, no problem because the weather elements, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be messy. The Jets, ah, I didn't really call for it. You know, the 130 to 10, Brandon Aubrey's money, 16 points. Then you go into week three and you're playing against a woolly Arizona Cardinals team. Yeah, this red zone offense is a serious problem. Okay. It's it is a serious problem. And when you get get down to anybody it can be the bad news bears it could be the philadelphia eagles or it can be the arizona cardinals and you can't score points and you're running the ball with three minutes and 20 seconds left and you need two touchdowns like that is a serious issue mike mccarthy has been praised and this week he's going to rightfully get criticized there has been some glaring holes the run defense james connor isn't even close to the best running back we faced so far this season all of a sudden he looks like you know he looks like Earl Campbell out there. Okay. So it's highly frustrating that some of these things we worked on or built on this offseason have come to again, once again, haunt us. Now, I said to my wife, and none of this even matters because it's just a hunch, but I just said to her, I'm like, there's so much confidence or people talking about this game in such a cocky tone that I'm like, this is the Cowboys game that we've seen a hundred times in our lifetime. And I said, I'm nervous to say that because I really do think this team is different. And every time I say the word, I think this team is different. They prove to me that they're not. And again, I think I said it a couple of shows ago, maybe last week, I want 
them to show me, not tell me. And this game right here is a proven fact of why you need to be showed this team is actually who we think they are instead of us doing the talking and telling and Micah Parsons and the lion roar and prowl and everybody's feeling themselves in the safeties, the penalties, the issues. It's, it, it rings true of a team that feels undisciplined at so many different levels. And this loss is so totally avoidable and frustrating. I, there's a couple things. I, I You nailed it dead on there. There are a lot of things that I think we're going to dissect more throughout this episode i'm just the next two weeks are going to be incredibly telling about who the cowboy because after week one i said that the new york jets game is going to tell us a lot well we were riding high after week two because the cowboys once again look dominant i just think we're now back to square one where maybe this is too optimistic i'm not gonna for i i still don't have an opinion on who this team is i still think i i will defend my take that they can absolutely be a super bowl caliber team we saw them when they're clicking they are they are the best team in football but now i, I just didn't expect the cowboys to be susceptible to losing by 12 to the arizona cardinals like when you have an elite defense like the Chicago Bears of the past, the Ravens of the past, those were the names that were being thrown out to describe this Cowboys defense. You don't lose games like this because, yeah, even if your quarterback goes out and has a bad day, which Dak did not have a bad day today, he had an all right game. But if, like, you can still win on the back of your defense, allowing 28 points to the Arizona Cardinals, that's where the concern starts to creep in of who who is the, who is the 2023 20, Cowboys defense? Like, are they... Can they just be beat on the ground and that's going to be the recipe of every team moving forward? Do they need to have a lead in order to be that elite defense that we hope they for and force the teams into passing? Otherwise, if if you run on the Cowboys, you got yards. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm back to, like, I don't know who this Cowboys team is. I still believe they have upside of the Super Bowl, but against the Patriots, against the 49ers, I think it's going to tell us a lot about their ceiling when they come to play. I will say this, and I don't know if this is popular, and I don't love the fact that I'm going to say this. It goes without saying that we were hurt when Trayvon Diggs is done for the year. Like, we understand losing one of your three or five best players is going to impact you. But it made me really nervous, and I think I might have said it to you in one of our text messages this week. I don't know if Stefan Gilmore is the guy I want to hitch my wagon to as a cornerback one. Agreed. You know, I love him as a cornerback two. Cornerback one is not really ideal for me, right? It's not really 100%. And then you got a guy like Deron Bland who's talented but beatable. He's not a digs talent where, you know, you're 1.0, you know, you know, rating against him, right? You can have Deron Bland. They've had Stephon Gilmore this week. Believe it or not, the quietest guy was Jordan Lewis. Came in, kind of did his job, impressively quiet. You know, so if you add the elements to just the perfect storm, I really did think that this team was going to come out here and do it for seven. You know, you saw CD Lambs, you know, I on his eye had the seven and you just felt like there was this energy that could have been, you know, taken out on an inferior football team. Instead, it, it had remnants of a team that just got punched in the mouth and didn't know how to react. And that's such a familiar sight for this organization that I thought this year's version was above that. And I guess, you know, through three weeks, I'm wrong. I agree with you that, and and we said it after week one where Gilmore looked shaky at times. 
he just let Hollywood Brown. If you look at stat line, it's like Hollywood Brown didn't post an amazing game, but Hollywood Brown beat Gilmore throughout a pretty solid chunk of this game. When he needed to, too. Exactly. That touchdown at the end of the game is something that if you if Gilmore's EBA or wide or cornerback one, he's going to need to shut stuff like that down. And you look forward to the schedule like we won't learn much about Gilmore next week because he's playing the New England Patriots who don't have a great wide receiver core. But then you have to play Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, Keenan Allen the week after that. You get the bye. Maybe Cooper Cup. Puka Nakua looks good enough. A.J. Brown after that. And then you're back to the Giants like that is a tough test. And we're going to figure out a lot of we're going to find out a lot about Gilmore over that stretch because he's going to have to go up against some real wide receiver ones, not like iffy wide receiver ones like Marquise Brown and the Jets or the Giants in week one. Absolutely. And we're going to move on to our second segment here. Before you do, I kind of want to put a little uh, a little bow on it. And I'll end it with some positivity, at least on our initial thoughts here. We have seen historically that they do this and then they go out and they and they put a beating down on somebody next week. And I'm not going to you know sit here and be the rah-rah guy because there's nothing to be rah-rah about after that performance. But I truly believe if I was a betting man, I'd probably put the house on them to wax the Patriots next week because, you know, guys like Micah Parsons, guys like Demarcus Lawrence, like you could even see in the in the cut, Demarcus Lawrence was fuming. They had team meeting from the, hot, the sideline, Al Harris, all these guys coming together. And ultimately it didn't mean anything, but let them stew on it for a week. Patriots are fine. They're going to be well coached, but they can be beat on talent. So I just want to wrap our initial thoughts up saying, Yes, we have a ton of negative talking about. We're going to keep that going. And, you know, before I wrap up, I think you have another thought there. But just to know that this this team, I think they can parlay into a good performance next week. I don't disagree with that at all. If I could easily see the Cowboys coming out and winning by double digits next week. The one question I have for you is, while we're still on this initial thought segment, you bring up the injuries. Do you think that if this were a playoff, the two-part question. If this were a playoff game, would names like Biotish, Martin, and Tyron Smith, would they all have been active because they were questionable? And B, is that a, if your answer to that is yes, was that a sign that the Cowboys completely looked past the Arizona Cardinals? If if the if what you're presenting is true and that's the train of thought, I would be furious. Because it's you know, I'd be absolutely furious. So I don't think so, right? I don't think that. I'm honestly surprised that Zach Martin didn't play. I know the Tyler Biotish thing happened late in the week, and we saw that with Tyler Smith. It just ended up him being two weeks. Now, it sounds like from Jerry, what Jerry or Mike McCarthy said on the pregame, that they're all close within the same time frame. Well, Tyron Smith suited up, and we thought he was going to play two hours before the game until an hour and a half before the game he wasn't playing. So I think they're close. I think it may be next week, but – I would hate to think that they would hold anybody back because they thought they were just going to go in and just beat somebody because that would signify for a team for me that just doesn't get it. You know what I mean? They think they think they can just roll out here, have a vanilla game plan and just go beat someone. And it's again, proven they cannot do that. Simply not. I, I will def I, I agree. With, if they looked past this week, I'd be fuming, especially when it comes to December and January. I will say what we've seen from the Cowboys so far this season, it seems like they're much more willing to hold people out. Like, I think if push came to shove, Tyler Smith could have been active last week against the Jets. I think they're more playing the long game on the season. However, I think Mike, Mike McCarthy got too cute with it. It probably wasn't Mike McCarthy, but whoever made the executive decision that these guys aren't going, I think they might have gotten too cute with it where, yeah, it's the Arizona Cardinals. We can beat them with 
TJ Bass, Brock Hoffman, and Chuma Doga starting. Sure, that clearly wasn't the case, but I, I do see a world where they they're holding people out playing the long game, but they got a lot more lenient with okay, Tyron, we we know you could play. Let's sit this one out. So I don't I I don't invalidate what you're saying because what you know, I think that's a fair take. And I do think that they've been leaning on the side of caution, which I can understand, right? Outright saying a guy is ready and not playing him is another thing, right? So what you're saying is entirely conceivable. And, you know, okay, we'll get him next week. Let's get him healthy one more week. But Mike McCarthy on the pre-show, the same one that I just referenced, said we've been trying to figure a lot of things out last night and this morning. So it sounds like it wasn't really expected. I mean, they traveled, okay. you know what I mean? So there may have been some things that the Tyron Smith thing, they get suited up to put the, the you know, the elbow, you know, protector on and the knee braces on and then sit there with, with a, a puss on his face the whole time is not something I think he signed up for. I think he just tested it and couldn't go, but let's roll into the next segment. And we were going to talk about, um, actually, no, it's perfect. I want to talk about the red zone offense and we can make it a whole offensive conversation if you want to. Uh, the red zone offense, simply put, is an actual problem, okay? For them to be able to get to the, I think, what, they go six trips without a touchdown or something? Like, they got... Five trips and six total points. Five, yeah, that's what it was. Five trips, six total points, 100% unacceptable, period. Now, this team, I mean, it's it's got to come down to coaching, right? Like, I, I saw a couple times where, you know, some of it may be player error, but I saw Gavante Turpin run the same route is you know um brandon cooks you remember that when they hit that they were yep. the rollout i'm like why is he a one yard apart so clearly Kavante turpin didn't run the right route so i'm not going to blame completely on mike mccarthy here but you know the trickeration the, you know the, the, the doing stupid little things instead of just going out there and just letting your guy beat your man right like michael gallup i said it last week i wasn't giving up on him he had a great performance you know we need more of that and i think it's coming but it wasn't enough. C.D. Lamb, I think, at one point had, like, one catch for seven yards up until, like, the halfway point of, like, the second quarter. or Like, it was just a very slow half before he kind of did his thing. The play calling needs to be better. They're running into a wall. I understand running is probably the strength of that team when you get three guys who aren't typically playing. But no, understand your personnel and understand, you know, what's, what's your situation, what your surrounding are. Because right now, running the football with four minutes, the Cardinals are like, okay. Like, okay, you'll get three, you'll get four. You can't score a point in the red zone, but like, hey, you're you're patriculating the ball down the field, like they used to say. So I just, I'm going to ask you, I guess in my was just a run on sense. I'm going to ask you, Aiden, what's the problem, man? Like, what's going on here? Give me your point on this or your take on it. So we have to specify red zone offense because I don't know your take on it, but between the 20s, the Cowboys offense to me looked great. Especially with some, with tempo. You know what I mean? Exactly. Against with three backup offensive linemen, they like the offense between the 20s. If you, if you, the second the Cowboys got in the red zone, if you turned off the TV, you would have been like, oh man, the Cowboys probably won that game like 42 to, I guess, 28, right? No, the issue only happened when they got inside the 20s, which was so baffling to me. By the way, Mike McCarthy, if I see you call another screen pass or like jet, like, what do you even call that? When you put the receiver in motion, you just throw it to him where the, the, yeah. the entire defense is shifting to. If I see that called one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. That didn't work. And the only reason it worked once is because Rico Dowdle is a grown man. Stop yeah. calling that play. It is not working. Anyway, 
outside of that, I don't, it's just a complete lack of creativity when you get to the red zone. Like when we get to the red zone, it is so scripted Two runs, maybe a fade pass that likely isn't going to work. And if it's not a fade pass, you're going to be running routes where every receiver is covered, which is another issue that we might dive into with receiver separation. But it was just, we get in the red zone. Okay, perfect. Run once. That didn't work. Run again. Oh, that didn't work again. Let's try and run a fade to CeeDee Lamb, knowing that the ball has to be placed perfectly because you're in the red zone. Mm. You don't have Aaron Rodgers. That might have worked with Aaron Rodgers, who is the most accurate quarterback of all time. That doesn't work with Dak and 99% of quarterbacks in the NFL. Stop calling fades in the red zone. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, I mean, to add on to what you're saying, because you're 100% right, is there needs to be some more creativity. And I don't mean like loop-de-loop and pull, right? I don't mean doing something you know crazy where I'm talking about get creative with your motion, get creative with like rub routes, you know, find space to to get people open in an organic manner. Like you have to get more creative with your play calling down there. It gets tighter. It gets constricted. And then you get Dak in a situation where it's third down and he's got to try to force it in the middle of the field with three guys and a dropping linebacker. Like people are giving me, you know, BS about it. Like, Oh, Dak threw a pick in the big spot. And it's like, what was he supposed to do? There was like no aggression and nobody was open. Like Brandon cooks, there was a a tight window to take a perfect shot for him to get it. But like, what are you supposed to do there? This offense has showed you no, like nothing to be inspired about once you get inside the 20-yard line. Like you said, they'll they'll eat all day from 21 to 21, but like they just can't get it done there. And it's not like a one-off anymore. We can't just say, oh, the Giants, the weather. We can't say, oh, the Jets, the situation. No, like three games in, and this team is severely lacking to be able to put the football in the end zone. And it's going to end up being a big problem because it was against Arizona. And if you want to get to where you want to go, you're going to face some damn good teams and some damn good defenses. And it's not going to get easier. Yeah. I'm, I'm now looking at the, like where the, 
we we said that the Cowboys had five drives in the red zone, six total points. I'm looking at the third downs of those drives or the third down third and goals of those drives. We're looking at two from the eight yard line, one from the six yard line, and then one from the 14 yard line, which they then picked up four yards. So now it's uh, fourth and goal from the four yard line. That's not a recipe to score. If you're forcing, like you mentioned, if, if you, a, the entire defense knows you're passing it at that point because you're running it from the six yard line, the eight yard line. That also shows a complete lack of a, like, complete ineptitude of play calling on first and second down to where how many times did we see a Zeke last Zeke and Tony Pollard last year punched it in from the one yard line. That's because Kellen Moore knew how to get the ball close to the end zone on first and second down. Mike McCarthy's not doing that. So on third down, you're now forced into a passing situation where the entire defense knows what you're doing. And not only do they have the advantage of, Hey, we know Dak's going to pass on this one. They also have the advantage of, there's only 10 yards of end zone. You don't have to cover that deep guys like CD lamb. Aren't going to be as like, they aren't going to be as productive. It's just my, you got to figure it out, Mike, because if this continues, we could be looking at a, one of the best NFL offenses between the twenties. And then at the end of the season, they finish like 16, 17 in points per game because they can't punch it in the, in the red zone. Absolutely. I mean, there's a few stats here. I'm just looking at it that tell the whole story. 13 penalties, 107 yards. They had um, two sacks, and they had 5.5 yards per pass. Like, they just weren't really throwing the ball efficiently. They were running it at a good clip at one point in time. But even by winning the turn, um, the time of possession, you know, the penalties killed them, man. The penalties killed them. I mean, think about how different the complexion in this game is if the Cavante Turpin, you know, return stands, right? I mean, you're what, at the Cardinals 20? Instead, you're at your your 16. 15, yeah. yeah, so it's – I mean, what a massive swing. It just felt like this team could not get out of their way. And it was it was funny because, yeah, Arizona did some good things, some things to respect. Like they, they came out, they brought it to the Cowboys, all the respect to them. But they did nothing overly impressive. It was it was kind of a situation where Josh Dobbs, a smart guy who was known for his, his IQ, known for his brain, was kind of like, as long as I don't make a mistake here – they're going to keep us in this game and long enough for us to, we're going to be able to pull away. And it just felt like, what was up? I mean, I, was he, was he doing a cadence in a different language? They could, they just couldn't get a beat on, on, they were, you know, how many times were they off sides? How many times was the play negated with some nonsense? So it was just, it was just unbelievable. Just the, the mental errors that this team had, we hadn't seen up to this point. And it, it's really frustrating. That's, I do want to say with respect to the penalties, if you are looking for optimism in this game, which, the, like we mentioned, there's not a lot of optimism. The penalties that I saw today are penalties that sh- shouldn't continue into week four because the two main sources of penalties were, A, our backup offensive line was just getting beat. We saw, I think, Chuma and TJ Bass both had a hold at one point. I could be completely wrong about that. I don't know who exactly. But the offensive line, it was false starts. It was holding penalties that, Hopefully, when you have five starting Cowboys offensive linemen, will not continue. And B, like you mentioned, it was just mental errors. Errors that, to me, it was like, are you guys ready to play this game? Like, Micah Parsons jumping off sides twice, or encroaching twice. I was like, Micah. Micah doesn't do that. He's normally, he knows how to time the snap, but he does not jump off sides. And then you get Dante Fowler with the offsides. It was just a complete, like, the Cowboys played like they didn't, 
Like they weren't ready for this game. But it wasn't penalties like Stephon Gilmore being beat, like um, Jordan Lewis getting beat, Bland getting beat, where they then have to pass interfere. And the holding pills that I saw were mostly from either A, Tyler Smith, who this was his first game back, and or B, offensive lineman that will not be starting next week, hopefully. So that is one source of optimism in that I don't think the penalties were con- would will continue, but the penalties are not the only reason the Cowboys got beat today. I'll tell you what. One of the reasons they did get beat today is going to be a third con- third topic here, and I want to pivot right over. We had talked about the red zone offensive concerns. Let's talk about the rushing defense concerns. I talked about it a little bit there. We had faced a guy like Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, guys with pedigree in this league, and obviously James Conner has pedigree in this league. But of the four I just named, James Conner is probably the fourth most impressive of the group. But it didn't matter against an Arizona Cardinals offensive line with, you know, some devoid of talent, some guys that are, you know, not that skilled. It didn't matter. Like Cowboys. I mean, there were times where J. Ron Kirst didn't even know he had the football. Did you see that? J- that were. Yep. You're completely he right. Saw, J. He, Ron was, Kirst, he, was, he going stood out doing up. A fake. Yeah. Yeah. And so J. Ron Kirst just I mean, that's the mental focus and it has nothing to do with Trayvon Diggs and it has nothing like this team. I hate to say this term, man, but like, I got to say it. I got to be honest. They're such front runners. Like they go out there in the big games and the big lights, they're going to go out and they're going to beat the giants and they're going to, Oh, everyone's talking up the jets. We're going to go beat the jets. And it's like, Oh yeah. Like not everybody's going to be watching this Arizona Cardinals Cowboys game. And you should walk in there and beat them. And they're like, they, they just for some reason they can't get their mental right to go and just handle the business they should because there's absolutely no reason why this team shouldn't be three and zero going into a home game against another beatable New England Patriot football team before they go and face the the San Francisco 49ers. You know what? They'll get they'll give the 49ers everything they can handle. I'm not saying they'll win the game, but you know they'll be ready to play that one because it'll be America's game of the week in a big t- in a big deal. I. I don't want to say recipe because there's not a recipe for beating an NFL team, but I am really, really worried about the run defense because there was one difference between this game and the two previous games. And that's the Cowboys didn't score first and they didn't force the other team into passing. So like when you think about, think back to week one, first drive of the giants game, the giants were moving the ball and they They were. were running the ball very efficiently behind Saquon Barkley oh, we get a blocked field goal, perfect, now we're up. Oh, we then get a turnover, pick six. Now we're up 14-0, to and Daniel Jones has to pass the entire time. Yep. Similarly, the Jets, for some reason, did not want to give Brees Hall the ball last week. He finished with four carries. Dalvin Cook finished with four carries. The Jets were just stupid in that they didn't want to run the ball, so we didn't get to see it against the Cowboys. But once again, they 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 Mike McCarthy says, I want to receive. I want the ball first. They score perfect Cowboys are up first once again you're forcing the Jets into your game this this game was different in that the Cardinals kicked the early field goal and boom now the Cowboys are playing from behind they get a three and out because of a penalty but the count the the it is all on the table for the Cardinals to run all over the Cowboys so I am concerned that if the Cowboys aren't playing with a lead is this run defense is it is it even better than like not even better. Is it the equivalent of 2022? Or are we looking at a run defense that could possibly be worse in 2022? Because what I saw today, there is 
there was no reason for me to believe that this run defense has improved over 2022 and it might have actually regressed which is weird because it's not like we really lost anybody up in the tunnels you had mozzie you have hankins for the full year so i don't know why the run defense will be worse but if the cowboys aren't playing for a lead with a lead i'm really concerned that the, the cowboys can be beat on the ground i mean you said it that's that's the whole thing right there to me. This is the first time that this team has actually saw some type of adversity. And they didn't answer the bell, man. Like you said, like, is the run game better? I don't even know if it's equivalent, right? Because like you said, we the Giants came out with a plan. Without that blocked field goal to the house, it changes the complexion of the whole game. Who knows what the Giants do on the ground, right? So I hate to do the revisionist history, but you also can take tidbits of like, wait a minute, the Giants are moving the football, like you said, and the Jets didn't move the football because for you know they didn't do anything correctly in that in that sense. The Cardinals say we're going to stay committed, we're going to give the ball to James Conner, even you know using Rondell Moore out the back and using a speed guy. It just running the running defending the run is about discipline. It's about run fits it's about doing the right things and and understanding what your role is on a play if you're not doing what you're supposed to do one guy even two guys that's a house call and the cowboys end up you know ass over tea kettle and in some real trouble there so it's that's where they found themselves and you're absolutely right this was the first game now what do you think bill belichick one of the smartest coaches to ever coach in this game what do you think he's doing next week and who do you think is going to do it to us you know what I mean? It's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. It's going to be Ramondre Stevens. They're going to pound the rock 35 times, and it's going to be up to Dallas to stop it. And it will be sickening, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it will be absolutely sickening if, if if Zeke goes 20 carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown against us, and, and we lose because we couldn't stop the running game because it doesn't matter who it is, right? Nobody wanted Zeke here, which is fine. But if he goes out and he puts up a, a century on us, you know, 100 and a touchdown, and they beat us, it's going to be pandemonium here. Drop the two and two in that fashion with that. It's going to be sickening, but you know, not to get too far away from the point. You're absolutely right. This run defense might be the most concerning thing about this team. Do you think, do you buy into the fact that the Cowboys just have to be playing with a lead, which if you're a Super Bowl winning team, you like, that can't be the case. You will in the playoffs, you will be down. Do you think uh, it's just where the Cowboys lose? I think that's everybody's goal, but it's the Cowboys need. Right. Everybody wants to play with a lead. Everybody enjoys playing with the lead. The Cowboys like, no, 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 we can't be successful without playing with the lead. You know, it's like we haven't seen too many deep shots. We haven't seen this offense be overly aggressive. We just haven't seen it. Plus, you add in the fact that they they have these red zone woes. Like if they don't have a lead, they get out of their own rhythm. Like their rhythm isn't there. They want to run the ball. They want to be cute with it. They want to short timing routes, get the ball out quick, you know, dink and dunk it a little bit, which I know is a sore saying around here. But at the same time, that's their recipe. And if they don't have that option and they got to go out and fight for it, we've seen what it looks like. I mean, they're going to play 30 other teams that are better than the Arizona Cardinals. You know what I mean? So if they can't do it against the, the team that is organically tanking, then I just don't know what to tell them. Yeah, you mentioned organically taking this. This loss sucks extra because, by the way, Cardinals fans aren't happy with this win. They want the number. They want Caleb Williams. They right. don't want. They didn't. They Cardinals fans <laughs> did not want to win this game. The only one who wanted to win this game was Josh Jobs and the coaching staff, and they did it. Yep. I don't. I'm just. I'm really worried about this run defense, and I think it's gonna be similar to last year, where you're not gonna see it in every game, but you're gonna see it in spurts here and there when the Cowboys are down and when they're 
not playing with a lead where, I mean, talk about the, look at the 49ers in two weeks. I'm, I'm not looking ahead to the Patriots, but the 49ers get up. Christian McCaffrey could have a field day on this run defense and probably will if they get out to an early lead. Yeah, absolutely right. And it's scary. I mean, like I said, it's what the NFL smells blood. When you have a weakness, they're going to attack it until you find a way to stop the leak. And that's where the Cowboys find themselves, right? I mean, as well as we felt after two weeks, flying high is as low as we feel right now because you feel like some of the things that we addressed and thought we fixed in 2022 are still here. There's still some demons that we got to resurrect, or excuse me, you know, exercise those demons, and we got to figure out a way to stop it. Otherwise, it's going to be a problem, and and smart coaches like Belichick and Kyle Shanahan are going to absolutely take care of that. So – with that being said, let's move forward to our final topic here. We'll wrap it up here uh, with this um, point straight to the point. Is this game just a gut check that will bring out the best in this team, or is it more of a sign of things to come? I know we just talked about it with the run game, but let's talk about it in totality. Do you think, and I told you, uh, kind of spoiler alert, I think they're going to go and wax the Patriots next week because that's kind of just what their MO has been after a game like this. But how do you, Aiden Davis, feel about it? Do you think this game is a sign of come or just a slap in the face? I th- I think, no, it's just a slap. If I had to bet, I'd say it's just a slap in the face. But like I mentioned at the top of the show, I was, and I'm, I'm not going to be wishy-washy on this. After we beat the Jets, you saw this is a legit football team headlined by their defense. However, if that defense can be beat, which today they were just flat out beat, if our defense isn't there, our offense isn't good enough to bring us to the promised land. Our like this, I love Mike McCarthy and his play calling between the twenties, but especially when you bring in the red zone woes, this offense is not good enough to win the Cowboys a Super Bowl. It's likely not good enough to get them past the second round, which is something that all Cowboys fans are just wanting to exercise at this point. So if the defense isn't there and you have to rely on your offense. I don't have faith in this team to get the Cowboys where they need to be. However, I'm going to bet that after holding the previous two teams to a combined 10 points, I'm going to bet on this being an outlier based off what I've seen. But like you mentioned, I I don't like calling it a blueprint, but the recipe is there where if the Cowboys are down, the defense can be beat, which is we're not talking about like, I don't, and I might have mentioned it, and I apologize if I said it. I will not be saying the words historic defense anymore because this is not a historic defense, but this is a good defense. This is a sorry, an elite defense in the right situation. Today it was not in the right situation. That scares me. Yeah. And you know, it's tough, right? Because digs or no digs, this defense still had the same issues, right? I mean, they, their run game is still what it is. You know, digs wasn't a huge factor in that, right? I think I think if you want to, you know, really deeper dive. Deron Bland is a is a better tackler at the cornerback position, a little more willing of a tackler. So it, that helped the run game, and they still look bad. So I will say I do think this is just a gut check. I think that this is not a sign of things to come. But like you mentioned about the blueprint, and I touched on it a minute or two ago, everybody is going to attack us just like this until we're able to stop it. Now, some teams are going to be more successful than others. Some teams are not going to have the horses in the stable to go and do that, right? But my concern, why, I know, like I said, I think it's a gut check, but where I think it could be a sign to come is we're three games into this Mike McCarthy offensive play calling. 
that we haven't seen an overly good return when it gets sketchy. And what I mean by they look really good when they go up and the defense is, you know, getting pick six and the special teams is blocking field goals for touchdowns. And we're, we're the offense, quite frankly, is not holding their end of the bargain. And I look at what a guy like Michael Gallup does today, led the team in receptions, six catches, 92 yards, led the guys, right? I think there's enough talent to get there. So when I'm sitting here and I'm saying full offensive line, healthy, full array of wide receivers, the one question mark, and it's super early, is can Mike McCarthy do it here? We understand that this is a quarterback-friendly offense. We understand that he's doing things to protect the quarterback in the sense that he's not going to be forced to make you know, troubling decisions that can put him in, you know, turnover-worthy plays. But when it gets tight, you got to sometimes make those throws. And what is he going to dial up? What is he going to call to make those plays? And through three games, I don't care that the two and one in impressive fashion, the two of them, it hasn't rang the bell correctly enough to this point. So question off of that, because I I completely agree with everything you're saying. Between the, I mean, I, I'll say between the 20s, this my this is better than the Kellamore offense. From what I've seen, it's more consistent. It knows how to move the ball at a more, it's not methodical, but just like a more predictable pace where you're not really going to punt a whole lot, but you're also not really going to rip off the big play, which I'm completely fine with. Between the 20s offense, I have thoroughly enjoyed. Do you trust Mike McCarthy enough to fix the red zone issues? Like we're talking about how... How long did it say he was in the NFL? It was a ridiculous. He's been in the NFL a ridiculous years. amount of time. Yeah. 30 years. Has a Super Bowl ring. Knows how to, from what we've seen, knows how to coach a team to what two straight 12-win seasons. Do you trust him enough to fix the red zone issues, or do you think this is just his Achilles heel when it comes to his play calling? I do, because I think that what we see, they'd see intimately. Right. They knew despite what they did week one and two, if they were honest with themselves, there were some, th- some things they need to work on. Now, this is like putting a light on a cockroach. Right. Like you lost in embarrassing fashion to a poor team and the things you didn't do right are going to be magnified. So now you got to get in there and say, we recognized it. Now we got to fix it with urgency. So I do think that he has the capabilities. I think they have a staff that is well equipped to do that. I think Mike McCarthy is the type of coach that could be honest with himself, but it needs to happen quickly. It needs to happen fast because this team has ability and you don't want to get, you know, too ahead of yourself here and be like, Oh my God, we're in week six, week seven, and we're just a poor red zone team here. So you got, you got the Patriots are going to be a tough test. The 49ers are going to be a tough test. Like there are some tough tests ahead of you, ahead of you. I just need to see marginal things better, right? I don't expect the numbers to just jump up and be amazing against the Patriots defense or a 49ers defense, but show me that we're capable. Show me that we're able to get in there. I mean, what's a good red zone percentage? You come out of there scoring 80% of the time, a field goal or a Last touchdown. year we led the NFL at, oh, eight, oh, scoring? I assume like it's overall. in the 90s at that point. Hopefully right. you're like, scoring up in the 90s. Just come away yeah. with points every single time. I mean, touchdown, what was it? What did they lead with last year? They let it like I think it was seventy three percent last year. Yeah. So like, I'm, if you're if you're in the mid sixties, that's just yeah. fine based right. off not compared one, to what we've seen. Not for one for five this week, and then I don't know what last week was, and all they did was kick six field goals or whatever, or five field goals. So, um, yeah, it needs to be figured out. I don't think you know to get to kind of wrap it up. I don't think it's a a thing that can't be fixed. It just needs to be fixed now. No, I completely agree. I just. 
I have faith in Mike McCarthy. And it's not like it's not like that was the knock against him as a head coach in Green Bay. So it's just weird that this is coming to fruition. I will say I'm Dak is he is not if we're laying blame of this game, Dak is not the person you need to be laying blame no. at. He was to me, especially That's between fine. the twenties, once again, he yeah. was lights out. Yeah. We punt how many times did we punt? Okay, three times. That's honestly more than I expected. Yeah. Because he was moving the ball. Granted, the interception in the red zone wasn't great, but guess what? Dak's not going to finish the year with zero interceptions, right. and he had to force it because had nobody to. was open. Right. I mean, I had somebody say, well, you got fourth down to do it. I'm like, yeah, no, I understand that. But, like, he thought he had a shot. He took it. Listen, Dak, I, I actually said it with somebody on Twitter. There's about 13 things you can bring up before you can bring up Dak Prescott's name. And if you bring yeah. him up first, you have an agenda, and I don't really have time for you. So with that being said, it's, you know, there's plenty to learn from. I, I believe that a guy like Michael Parsons is going to take this very personally. A guy like Demarcus Lawrence is going to take this personally. You you hope that Dak Prescott can can you know bounce from this and say, okay, like what do we got to do? Michael Gallup feels like he's back, and this is what we expected to see. Brandon Cooks was involved. Brandon Aubrey looks like we have a kicker. They just got to put it all together, right? It seemed like the defense was keeping us together, and the offense was there for the ride. Now it needs to be a full sixty minute you know, all three phase type of situation. Cavante Turpin's going to break one that counts. You know, he's finally going to break one that counts. And Please. if you had to guess that we scored one touchdown in this game, would you have guessed it would have been Rico Dotto? The only one. <laughs> I mean, maybe Dude. me, but that's it. <laughs> I, I guess it's that one, like, if you're throwing a pass behind the line of scrimmage, I guess if you're going to do it, throw it to Rico Dotto because that yeah. guy, he knows yeah. how to take house. Like, that was an insane touchdown by Rico. You are, if I mean, we're looking for... If we're looking for positives here, congrats on being right yeah. about Rico because he had Rico. a heck of a game. And I wrote an article at the at the BTB talking about how I think this was a big game for Michael Gallup and the other week one and week two, I wasn't putting on him. I'm glad I was right about that. But um, unless you have anything else, I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh, you know, a tough, tough episode. Go ahead, Aiden. What do you got? Uh, three last thoughts that literally just popped in my head. Number one, I was wrong. Uh, Brian Anger only punted twice in this game. Number two, I, I th- similar to Dak, it's not in the top 10 reasons we lost, but I will point out the refs, they were not, they did not call in our favor this week. I, there were a lot of missed calls against the Cowboys that I would like to have seen, but like, I'm not going to blame the rest. We lost by 12 points. They are not in the top 10 reasons we lost. Um, and then number three, if we're also, if we're bringing up the red zone offense woes, there also seems to be a two-minute drill woes with Mike McCarthy's play calling. That two-minute drill at the end of the first half was horrific, and then you run Tony Pollard with four minutes left and just let the clock slowly wind down to where, oh, you threw an interception. Well, this game's now officially over. It's That's another area where Mike McCarthy needs to get better is in the two-minute drill. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much to take from this game in a, in a negative sense and so much to get back to the drawing board about uh, – it's it's going to be a long week in Dallas. I think we need to buckle up. The the noise is not going to quiet down. We know how the national national people handle this. The loss is going to be like vultures circling over. So it is what it is. You got to take your medicine, and if you don't want them to talk like they do, you got you got to uh, <laughs> you got to win. And they didn't win, and they didn't look good in loss either. So they didn't even look good doing it. Um, so that's it for the third episode of the season of blogging the boys first and ten. 
Um, hopefully next week after the Patriots home game, uh, we'll have a lot more positives to talk about. But from Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis, hope you guys had a, a good Sunday and try not to let uh, the DE up too much like it will for me. So everybody will catch you next week. Peace.